Hello and welcome to Curator Spaces, the podcast that explores the stories behind the spaces reimagining how we stay, work and play. Join me, Molly Cooper, as I sit down with founders, owners and thought leaders to hear about their journey of bringing a space to life. Great spaces shape our lives. They inspire, nurture and connect us. But most importantly, they bring us together to share life's milestones with the people who mean the most to us. So, whether you're a traveller, foodie or design seeker, Join us as we celebrate the power of spaces and the brilliant people behind them. Today we're talking about one of London's hottest new openings, the OO, a long-anticipated opening on the former Old War office in London's Whitehall. This building is absolutely seeped in history and is now home to a hotel as well as 85 private residences that combine private homes with full five-star hotel services. And I'm delighted to introduce Chari Gandhi, who founded the interior design and architecture studio Elysian and recently unveiled a new show apartment at the OWO. I can't wait to hear all about bringing this incredible space to life. Welcome to the podcast show. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. No, it's such a pleasure. And we're here in your gorgeous design studio. Oh, I'm glad you like it. I love it. These sort of shelves, the arrangements, the little candle behind you. <laughs> I'm feeling very on brand for chat about branded residences. Yes, exactly. Setting the scene. Yes. And before we get into that, I'd actually love to start with you and your journey and hear all about how you've ended up here at Elysian. Uh, so, um, yeah, I'm Charu Gandhi. I am of Indian origin. Mm-hmm. I grew up in India uh, and at a very young age decided I wanted to be an architect. So I came to London to study architecture mm-hmm. at the Architectural Association and practiced architecture for many years before I joined Candy and Candy, where I sort of organically grew into more of an interior designer role. Mm-hmm. And had a couple more roles before I then set up Elysian nearly 10 years ago now. Um, So that's been my journey, sort of combining architecture and interior design. Mm -hmm. And that sort of underpins the ethos at Elysian, which is to curate and craft spaces, Mm -hmm. bringing together the rigors of architecture with the decorative element of interior design. And we're now a team of 35 in the wow. studio based out, uh, based out of this uh, space in yeah. Kensington where we're now sitting and doing work both in the UK and around the world. Amazing. Very exciting times. I bet that decade has flown by. Flown by. Yes. Well, it's been... Like with most things in life, very fast and very slow. Yeah. <laughs> I can't explain, you know no, what I mean? I you look it. back and it's been sort of both. Yeah, absolutely. And now, of course, we've been working on this incredible project at the OWO, which yes. has just been on everyone's lips, it feels like, for the last couple of years now. And it's finally here. Yeah, I mean, it's a substantial new, well, you say new, it's an you know old building brought back to life. Uh, addition to London. It's mm. a it's a landmark development. Yeah, and I think I didn't really know the history went back quite as far as it did. Like we're talking Henry VIII and the Palace it's of Whitehall. It's incredible, incredible. Yeah, mind-blowing yes. stuff. So I'd love for you to maybe tell people listening a little bit about the projects, the building, maybe set a little picture of where it is in London okay. for people listening in. Yeah, so uh, the OVO residences by Raffles are housed in what is the Old War office, which is on Whitehall. 
It's uh, diagonally opposite number 10 Downing Street, I'd say, uh, if you're heading from Den 10 Downing Street towards Trafalgar Square. Mm -hmm. So an incredible patch of yeah. London, you know, lots in that part of the world has great historical significance. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> the old war office buildings were uh, out of use for many years. Yeah. And then the Hinduja family invested in the site and it's been a long running project. Uh, it's a pretty incredible piece of architecture. It has incredible proportions, scale, sequence of rooms. And it's been fascinating to see how, while honoring its legacy, the development has adapted to this contemporary use, combining a Raffles Hotel and yeah. a series of residences. So it's a, it's a pretty special building and in a special spot. Yeah, and like what an honour to be able to work on something. It doesn't happen often, something on this scale, no, does it? No, no, it is it is substantial. And, you know, there is conversation in London about what's, what's the next big mm. branded residence. But there aren't that many sites in central London of that scale where you can have that ambition. So it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a pretty special project. It is. And we kind of just touched on it then, but this whole branded residences, I yes. feel like it's having a little bit of a moment, but still quite a small trend, seems to be growing. I'd love for you to sort of talk through that and how you've seen that shift and evolve in recent years. Yes. So, you know, the last close to 15 years of my career, uh, branded residences have been a big focus, mm. right from my time at One Hyde Park, uh, which is a Mandarin Oriental branded residence, uh, to international work such as one at the Palm, which are Dorchester residences, and many others. And now our most yeah. recent project is the OVO residences by Raffles. They're I understand from some recent studies that there are about 400 uh, branded residences in the whole world. Wow. But uh, there's an expectation that by 2027, there'll be between 700 and 1,000. So more Gosh. than double in the yeah. next three to four years. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a real growth there. And the certainly from our clients, uh, what we understand is that there is a huge draw towards living in these properties because of the service ele element, yeah. the the team that comes with the property. A lot of our clients have multiple homes. Yeah. So whether that branded residence is their primary property or secondary, the service element of the branded residence plays a big part. At, you know, at the OVO, at Raffles, there's a myriad of incredible restaurants. Mm. You have incredible amenity spaces and it sort of says what it, it does what it says on the tin you're buying the brand yeah and it's coming with a sort of guarantee stamp of of what you're getting I love that. so it's a there's an interesting trend mm -hmm. and uh, we certainly see ourselves as experts in that sector of the market and really enjoy working on them because I guess it's such a nice fusion. You get all the benefits in the, of having a private home, a residence mm. that you own and you can put your own stamp on, mm -hmm. but all the luxury and the service that mm -hmm. you expect from a hotel. And like you say, for someone who's probably, you know, cash rich, but very time poor mm -hmm. and like always traveling, just being able to go and like you say, you have that guaranteed mm -hmm. service element. Mm -hmm. You don't have to think about it. I can imagine that's such an appealing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well said. And, you know, <clears throat> even when we work on these projects, so we... We are involved with branded residences both for our developer clients mm -hmm. um, and then we also work in branded residences for our private clients. Ah, okay. 
who buy in those properties and are doing up their homes yeah. for them. So we have a sort of dual uh, insight into yeah. the projects. And it is very interesting to watch how carefully the developer clients curate what the output is from the project. Mm. So uh, at the OVO residences by Raffles, the Hinduja family were incredibly involved with our project. Okay. They had a very strong vision, uh, supported by a very sort of excellent professional team and very singularly focused on what this end result was going to be. So it's a real pleasure to be involved with a project of such caliber. Okay, well, I'd love to go into that. You just spoke about their vision. So I guess you start working on this project, you sit down, they share this vision with you. What did that look like? And what were your first thoughts when you were like, wow, we've got this incredible building. She's got good bones and it's a brand new, exciting chapter. We've got a family with a very strong vision. What were your thoughts at that point? I mean, firstly, you know, a position of real privilege to be involved with a project such as that. We could immediately see how special it was, how impressive it was. When we came into the mix, a lot of work had already gone in. So some very interesting strategic moves on the architecture, on the division of spaces, on the base build of the project already. And then this vision projecting forward of placemaking, ah. where creating a sort of um, a place you're drawn to in the heart of Whitehall was very central to the vision. For us, I guess with anything, there's when there's an opportunity, there's also a challenge. So we saw very quickly that what was very special at the project was that Almost every residence is unique mm. in its layout and its architecture, yeah. uh, in the facade detail. So mm. in one residence, you'll have different window heights and different window openings to another residence. And so we immediately saw the opportunity there to celebrate the particularities of yeah. the unit we were working in. <clears throat> there is an element with that scale and grandeur that your interiors can get a bit lost mm -hmm. and that the apartment can feel a bit cold mm -hmm. uh, and a bit too much like a hotel experience. Okay. And so our brief very early on was to bring an intimacy mm -hmm. and a warmth and a balance between retaining the scale and the grandeur, but also scaling it down to a human scale, mm -hmm. to the scale of the occupier. Mm -hmm. And so that when you close the door to the apartment and enter it, you are transported into a world where it's a home, it's comforting, it embraces you, rather than it being about, oh God, this is just such a, you know, so impressive. Yeah. So we worked hard to bring that intimacy into the space. I can really imagine. And that sort of goes back to this, like we said, the dual function of it needs to feel like a comfortable private residence. Yes, and absolutely. And not just a, wow, making five-star yes, hotel experience. Yes, Well, you, you know, the thing with the OVO is you can't avoid that. Yeah. <laughs> you walk in and you're sort of dumbstruck Ooh, by the staircase yeah. and... So, you you know, as designers, we didn't once have to worry about, will this make an impact? <laughs> and that was sort of done for us uh, many hundreds of years ago. Uh, and instead, it was more this idea of placemaking. Mm. 
and this idea of creating a home for mm-hmm. a future buyer. Okay, well, I'd love to dig into this whole placemaking idea. Because yes. I say it's such a key concept. And a lot of my chats with other people, hoteliers out in the countryside, yes. or whatever it may be, they, it always comes back to this sense of place. And they really wanted to celebrate that and champion what was here and make something very in keeping. And this mm. whole idea of placemaking. So what in your words, does that mean to you? And how did you try and think about that and incorporate it into a design? So our general ethos at Elysian is that a project is a tripartite of three parts. Mm. So there's the project, which means the property, its orientation, its history, its legacy. Then there's the client Uh and what the client wants out of the project, the brief, uh, what they see as the opportunities. And then the third is what Elysian brings to it, our creative eye and how we take those two things and bring our vision and our perspective on it. Mm-hmm. And so much like all our projects, um, this project, we looked at the architecture, the facade, the materiality. We also spent some time a little bit digging below the surface mm. of the sort of common knowledge about the building. And we discovered some very interesting things. So we discovered, for example, that when it was being used as the old war office, it had an incredible labyrinth of pipe work and messages were transported through rolled up paper messages. And so it has this history of these paper messages being secreted through the building. Mm -hmm. We looked into Winston Churchill a little bit, read up about him, perhaps more commonly known as his love of painting uh, and his middle name, Leonardo, uh, hence the name of the project. We call it Project Puma, inspired by Leo Lion Puma. Um, And so our project's end product, you'll see little references to lions connecting back to the name Leo. Um, And we also wanted to pay homage to uh, the brand, Raffles brand. Yeah. And so we've brought some references to the brand through. I spent quite a lot of my childhood in Singapore. I went to school there Mm -hmm. and have had many happy memories at the Raffles in Singapore and had a sort of vague, very pretty, you know, sort of half faded memories of the Raffles brand, which was really nice because I think we've brought in references that aren't as literal Mm. there's sort of this soft melancholy of my memories which are quite blurred Mm. from my time there so it's 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 this build-up of a a story and a narrative the client had in you know data on the type of people who are buying the properties uh the the way they wanted to pitch the the completed residence the way they wanted the experience to be felt and then we had some really strong ideas on tonality, color, materiality, what the ornamentation wanted to look like, what the furniture shapes wanted to look like. And so that was the sort of beginning of the sort of cooking together yeah. of the design. <laughs> All the different ingredients. Yes, exactly. And actually one thing you 
you were just saying there, these sort of hazy memories of Singapore. And that actually made me think it's such an interesting building because in its heyday when it was the war office, it was mm-hmm. sort of the very tail end of the British Empire. Mm-hmm. And then now it's a very sort of a completely different, you know, world that we live in. Mm-hmm. And very different. How, and I think there's a lot of narratives these days about how do you engage with this colonial past, mm. this imperial history, and in a way that's appropriate for today. I mean, how did you find sort of looking at that? So, you know, I feel quite comfortable talking about it because I am Indian. Mm. So I come from the yeah. other side of the colonial yeah. era. And perhaps I don't know how politically correct this is, but it's okay to acknowledge that history. I mean, yeah. it happened. Yeah. Uh, was it right or wrong? Whose fault was it? But for example, in India, it's a, it's a big part of our legacy. It, it, you know, their their cultural impact and there's uh, impact in our arts and crafts. Yeah. There's impact in our language. I mean, we yeah. all speak English in yeah. India, you know, <laughs> uh, or a lot of us do. And so I didn't feel uncomfortable acknowledging it. Mm. I don't find the word colonial uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel that it's something that happened. Yeah. So to say it didn't happen doesn't make sense. You can learn from it yeah. and hopefully not repeat yeah. some of it. Um, so we do have colonial references and the colonial references are more about an era rather than about a political statement. Yeah, okay. That's a really interesting way of looking at it. And you spoke then about you had these ideas around forms and shapes, materials. Yes. yes. Could you maybe sort of talk or give a bit more flavour around that for people listening. Yes, it's yes. a very calming palette to look at. It's a very calming palette. And I know listeners will be seeing some of the images, so it's nice to talk about them. So a few manoeuvres. Firstly, we've intentionally in some spaces broken up the symmetry. Mm-hmm. So in the living room and in the master bedroom, when you look at the images, you will see small plaster reliefs mounted on the walls. While the plaster reliefs placement itself is symmetrical, the reliefs themselves are not symmetrical. So they're mismatched pairs. Mm -hmm. And they're little maneuvers like that where we've just wanted to slightly blur the edges of the symmetry and not reinforce the the formality of the Mm. space, but instead soften the formality. The color palette is inspired by a reference to flora and fauna. Mm -hmm. And that is a bit of a connection back to Raffles, Singapore, which is set in this very tropical setting with their big lawns and the plants and the verandas. And so we wanted to bring in this soft green. Mm. That color palette is also very English. Uh, You know, it's a sort of particular shade of green. The artwork pays homage to this paper history. Mm-hmm. So we have lots of paper-based artwork, but often it's with drawings of plants and animals and sort of descriptive, quite literal and figurative um, artwork. And then we wanted the residents, resident to feel like a collection of objects of someone who's traveled so very intentionally, they're pieces from different cultural references. Mm-hmm. We also imagined it as quite an English home and not at the same time trying to be overtly international. We wanted to very much ground it in its location, that this is in London, it's in a piece of history. 
And we imagine this being the sort of London bolt hole for someone who might actually live outside London in the English countryside. Funnily enough, I am told that the family who snapped it up within weeks live outside London. And this is their London bolt hole. So it hit hit (laughs) the brief on the mark. Exactly. (laughs) And, um, And so the furniture... The form of the furniture is quite English in its references, and we worked with English furniture makers. But then the fabrics we've used in the upholstery are a bit more contemporary, and it's marrying that sort of traditional form with contemporary fabrics. Mm -hmm. We've also taken pieces like the Venetian dresser in the master bedroom, which we sourced in um, the Cotswolds, where we then had it refinished with the limed wash, so it's a whitewash on a traditional Venetian dresser, which gives it this sort of simultaneously aged but quite contemporary feel. Mm. It's not in a sort of high gloss walnut. Yes, it's, it's yes. you know it's quite sort of off the now. Yeah. Um, we rescued several antique pieces. So the two little slipper chairs in the master bedroom were falling apart. We had them reupholstered. Uh, we've got this beautiful contemporary take on a four-poster bed, mm-hmm. a wrought iron four-poster bed with a quite slim line frame yeah. by the Cornish Bed Company. And so we've got a lovely sort of confluence of mm-hmm. uh, contemporary and traditional pieces. One of my favorite pieces is the kilim hanging uh, behind the dining table yes. in the main room. Mm-hmm. And that's an Afghani rug with hand natural dyed paints wow. and we took the rug and had loops put on it and then we've installed it on a sort of traditional mm. curtain pole Amazing. Uh, and hung that on the wall so lots of quite sort of playful yeah. quite adventurous little moves in the mix and i love how this whole idea of you know finding these falling apart chairs yes. or you know a, a secondhand dresser yes but bringing it back to life yes. in such a way that it feels completely at home in an incredibly beautiful and luxurious i know it's place. incredible i mean if you'd seen those slipper chairs you would have never put them you would have never put them in a yeah. luxury development but i think yeah we, we do more and more of that yeah. i mean it depends on the brief it depends on the project but i think in the last few years mm-hmm. At Elysian, we talk a lot about not wanting to create a project that looks like an instant home, mm. that looks like a moment in time. Yeah. Um, for us, that there's a lack of depth to that approach, mm-hmm. and we feel that like an easy design hack to crack that is to work across a few periods of design and furniture. Uh, And it's almost a sort of, you know, cheats guide uh, to how not to make your property look like it was finished on January 2023. Mm. Um, And then, of course, over the years, that simple hack, we've evolved it, where for me, an ideal project, you know, it traverses everything from a Venetian dresser to a piece that's almost futuristic, that's using CNC and laser cutting and, Mm -hmm. you know, molded materials and, uh, you know, fiberglass and 
all of that and bringing those together. I think those are my favorite interiors. That's so interesting. And then I guess if you're making it more like a spread across times and eras and materials, yes. it then stands the test of time so much better I mean, as that's well. That's the hope. You'll have, to, yeah. you'll have to report back in 20, yes. <laughs> 20 years. But I'll yes, in the diary. Yes, yes. Let's, let's get a date in 2043. Exactly. November. Looking yes. forward to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think that's so clever and also keys in really nicely with this other, you know, macro theme which is all around sustainability and this like yes. rebellion against fast furniture which is just absolutely yeah. i mean it's personally i'm amazed at how much i've changed in the last two years really yeah a real shift from buying new things yeah. a really active effort yeah to not buy i really question whether I'm going to, I mean, look, a pair of trainers, I'll buy a new pair. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to probably wear hand-me-down trainers. But almost, you know, everything else, I I look at an auction site, I look at eBay. Yeah. I'm very open to asking people if they have something spare. Mm. Just this morning, I need something for my baba and messaged a family member and said, you might have one, your kiddo's outgrown. Yes. And she said, yes, yeah, I'm it. going to pick it up this evening, you know. Yeah. A big shift in mindset. Mm. And then when you buy, and especially in projects, or when you build, or when you make, you make it well. Mm. So you're then creating a new piece that will go on to be a piece that can be passed on and reused and repurposed. So being mindful of what you are bringing in new. Mm -hmm. We do enjoy creating brand new pieces because... I think our huge creativity and skill is also in the bespoke and the crafting of new pieces Mm -hmm. and not to ignore that those new pieces give work and support our craftspeople. Mm -hmm. So if we stopped commissioning new craft, we're not contributing to the design world either. So there's a real balance there. Mm And I wouldn't turn my nose up at the new at all. A lot of what we do is new. Yeah. But it's always bringing in that layer of of mm-hmm. the of the aged. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's just beautiful. Yeah. A hundred. You know, I I love old glassware. Yes. It just has this. You know. Yeah, it just has a certain I don't know soul to it. Yeah, yeah. I love old pieces. Yeah, it's, I think soul is such a good word. Yeah. It's that little something something. It's like you a je ne sais quoi. Oh, you like couldn't Marie. quite say. Yeah. You couldn't say what. But I love the juxtaposition with yeah, the new. Definitely. Yeah, I love the combo. Really. Oh, and speaking of that, that shift in the last two years for you personally. Yes. Looking ahead, then, what does the next sort of two, maybe five years, or even just six months, if you like? Yeah, I mean, five like, years <laughs> gone. That sounds too long. Uh, well, look, we are working on some incredible projects. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are, you know, so lucky. Just the yes. fact that we got to work on the OVO residences by Raffles yeah. already says a lot. So we are currently doing some incredible projects in the UK while continuing our international work. Mm. So we're doing projects in New York, in Miami, mm. in Dubai. Mm. Uh, so a really wide range of uh, work, both for private clients, mm. but also some incredible, incredible yeah. branded residences that I can't say too much wow. about right now. And I think for us, for the next few years, it would be to really continue to push the message on craft mm. longevity yeah. materiality building beautifully preserving what we can in our projects and continuing to look after our clients yeah 
I love that. And actually, everything you said then, longevity, building stuff to last, to look after, to love. I think we can all take that in oh, yeah. all areas of our lives. Oh, yes, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Oh. Amen to that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's been such a pleasure having you on. Before we do go, um, I do have a closing tradition. Well, I'm going to ask you three questions. Ooh, exciting. You imagine you've won that lottery and cashed that winning check. So money is of no object. Exactly how much money? We're talking euro millions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so first off, what space are you running away to to disconnect and to detox? <sighs> Anything at all? Anywhere at all, yeah. It would have to be an incredible property on the beach. Yes. Are you an ocean baby? It's very strange. I don't get in the water oh. much, but I love looking at it. Fair <laughs> I have a strange relationship. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yes, it would be a waterfront property. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, get those sunsets. Yeah, yeah, and just the sound of the waves. And yeah, oh, absolutely. It beautiful. would be a waterfront. I'd love to buy a sort of uh, mid-century modern, mm. you know, uh, beach house. Beach house. Yeah, mm, oh, that I would do me that. just fine. Yes. Yeah, gorgeous. Yes. So let me know when you've got one. Yes, I'll come and visit. I shall report back. <laughs> <laughs> I shall, maybe we can have the next session there. Oh, perfect. You know, in yeah. two years. I'll That's clear it. my diary. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Next up, your ultimate birthday party. Where are you hosting it? Ultimate birthday party would be in my dream home. Fair enough. So I need the house first. Yeah, yeah. I love hosting, love hosting, yeah. love getting people around a table. Yes. Uh, so it would be around a big feasting table with Ooh. lots of shared platters, mm. amazing tablescape. Oh, yeah. um, by one of our amazing floral designers that we work with. Love uh, that. So supporting one of our suppliers. And yeah, it would be maybe you know 20 people there'd mm-hmm. definitely be live music definitely yes, I love, that. love a bit mm-hmm. of saxophone yeah um yeah that okay. would be my dream dream birthday party that sounds gorgeous mm, fantastic i'm there in my head yeah, I'm yeah. There. <laughs> sorry i'll keep you back yeah reality, one bring more me minute. back one last question <laughs> okay this one is your bucket list trip once in a lifetime where are you heading and are you staying anywhere special japan Ooh. so the one place we haven't been to we've booked twice and no. had to cancel once because I was pregnant second because of COVID no. so we're absolutely determined to go in yeah. 2025 so mm-hmm. we're going to book soon and there are several properties in Japan yeah. that I want to stay in I have quite a long list mm-hmm. one of them is the Aman Ooh. that looks absolutely beautiful uh, and then some are less sort of um obvious but some mm. quite sort of off the beaten track uh, names that have been given so japan in 2025, japan, 2025. that is on my bucket list firmly it. on my bucket list yeah well, third time lucky yes hope so. yes absolutely um, no pandemics allowed and i'm definitely not having another baby so it is happening it's It's happening happening. i love it i can't wait to hear all about it thank you so much for coming on the podcast my pleasure it's been so fun likewise thank you for having me Charu, what an amazing woman, what a project. And I have to admit that I've never wanted to be an interior designer quite as much as I did when I visited her gorgeous studio to record this. And thank you for tuning into this episode. I really hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you did, please make my day and leave a little review or hit that subscribe button. There are so many things I would love to do with Creative Spaces this year, and that just helps make all of it possible. 
You can also head to our website for loads more content and also some inspiration for your next trip away. So go get planning your next vacation and I'll see you next time for more of the London edition. Thank you.